Hello and welcome to Meet the Masters, only available on Wedding Podcast Network. My name is Robert Allen. On today's Meet the Masters, Holly Ehrlich sits down with the editorial team at Martha Stewart Weddings Magazine to discuss bridal market. Yes, all of the fashions that you'll see in your local bridal salons coming up. They discuss it all with interviews with the designers. You'll want to stay tuned. I wanted to let everyone know that this special episode of Meet the Masters is brought to you by the Association of Wedding Gown Specialists. Very special care for your very special gown. They specialize in wedding gown cleaning, wedding gown preservation, and wedding gown restoration. Don't trust your gown to just any dry cleaner. The wedding gown specialists clean and preserve your gown the right way. The members of the Association of Wedding Gown Specialists are certified to ensure that your gown will be cleaned according to established museum care standards and preserved in archival quality storage materials. Only museum care gown preservation is true protection for your wedding gown. Whether your gown is new or old, call 800-501-5005 for a free consultation or visit their website weddinggownspecialist.com to find a certified specialist near you. Please come to weddingpodcastnetwork.com and check out the marketplace page so you can listen to an infocast all about the Association of Wedding Gown Specialists. We've got a lot to cover on today's Meet the Masters, so let's go to Holly Ehrlich. Hi, everyone. I'm Holly Ehrlich, your show host. You're listening to Wedding Podcast Network, and we are on location today at Martha Stewart Omnimedia based in the Chelsea neighborhood in New York City. And we're actually going to be speaking to the fashion team and the editorial team at Martha Stewart Weddings Magazine, one of my absolute favorite, favorite wedding magazines. I feel privileged and excited to be talking with the best of the best wedding experts, the very talented editors of a very beautiful, stylish magazine that offers creative ideas and inspiration from magazine to magazine for for so, so many years. So without further ado, I am going to introduce the editorial director of Martha Stewart Weddings, Darcy Miller, the deputy style editor, Shana Faust, and the special projects editor, Anthony Lucia. Welcome, Darcy and Shana and Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. Darcy, why don't you start off and tell everybody, say hello to everybody, and everybody go around and introduce yourselves, and then we'll get in and tell everybody uh, more about what's going on at Martha Stewart Weddings. Okay. um, My name is Darcy Miller, and I'm the editorial director, and I oversee kind of everything weddings over at MSLO, so magazine, TV, web, whatever. I connect all the dots, radio, and I um, have a blog, martstore.com, The Bride's Guide. Well, it's definitely one of my favorites. I I read it often. I I urge everybody to check it out regularly. It's one of my personal favorites. And Darcy regularly posts fabulous, fabulous finds and etiquette advice and tips and shopping tips and resources and trends. So it's it's terrific especially in the bridal block scene and there are so many oh no i'm just realizing i don't have my camera here i have to grab it so i can take a picture of us for so i can post we have hours when it's we have hours okay okay <laughs> we we don't leave home without our okay, cameras so. that's a deal we look, we look forward to your posting about it for the wedding podcast post 
But uh, no, this is absolutely fun to be able to have this round table or what Anthony and I said earlier, right? It's a... It's a rectangle table, actually. Okay. Yeah. So this is, Anna, this is Anthony. Yeah, I'm Anthony Lucia, um, special projects editor of Weddings. I work directly with Darcy on um, all sorts of multimedia, not only the magazine, but television and radio and events and any wonderful projects similar to this that come up, so... And Shane, I've seen you regularly at Bridal Market along with Darcy, and one of the things we're going to be talking about today is bridal style and fashion. Introduce yourself. Yep, so I'm uh, Shana Faust, and I'm the deputy style editor here at uh, The Weddings Magazine, and uh, I cover um, all the fashion stories in the magazine, and um, I also attend all the markets, so I... Um, I'm excited to tell you about the trends and um, fashion news. Well, I'll tell you something. I mean, this magazine has always been one of my favorites. I actually remember when it was two times a year, and I met Darcy many, many years ago. Um, you know, I've always lauded its photography, its layout, its design, um, and, and you're at the helm of this magazine. It was two times a year. I mean, how far back does the magazine go? Um, in 1995, we were once a year, then we went twice a year, then we went quarterly, and we have exciting special issues going on now and fun things for next year and now of course you know when we started it was just a wedding magazine but now there's wedding television and weddings website and weddings books we have a new wedding cake book and anything else weddings that we can get our hands on well and it's so so you know tell everybody who is the martha stewart wedding bride um, the Martha Stewart wedding reader is someone who really wants to make their wedding special and they're a bride who wants to be involved in the planning, not that they have to be maniacal or, <laughs> um, uh, but they really want to have a wedding that reflects them as a couple and incorporate details that make it feel special and, um, you know, there's there's not one typical reader i would say there's a wide range some brides are looking at a bouquet and tearing it out and giving it to their florist other ones are looking at a beaded bouquet and taking out the how-to and making it themselves um you know we try to give readers different types of ideas from modern traditional um to also different price points you know and shana include the fashion um it's always there's always fashion for you know if you're a ro more romantic bride or classic bride so we don't you know we don't say that there's only one type of bride but i would say the one thing they have in common is that they just want this day to be special well that makes total sense <laughs> and in talking about having the diverse bride and did she wants to be have her unique personality and individuality and that's something that I know that you pay a lot of attention to in all of the pages of your magazine but when you talk about all of the gowns that we just saw at market because there really was something this time around for everybody wouldn't you say definitely Shana? definitely um, from you know traditional to modern to you know classic sexy um, even you know, just the range of materials that we saw and the range of silhouettes. I mean, you can really express your personality um, in, in your gown choice nowadays. And I think that in the past, you know, it was more designers would do a nod to something, say like the mini dress. So you'd have one designer do something or, but now really um, different designers are really giving many options for different lengths. So that if you're the Judd Waddell bride, there he still has a dress with, that had the detachable train that became short. 
I love um, that. Ramona Kavesha does that too. Right? Yeah. She has a detachable yeah. um, train mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. or skirts. Uh, right, and skirt. there were a lot of mini bubbles and different, you know, kind of mini dresses. But my point is that there isn't really just um, one example of each type of dress. I think all, a lot of the designers are really exploring the different types of dresses for the brides. Well, what were some of your favorites that we just saw at market? Um, well, let me think. Uh, you know, Oscar de la Renta had a really amazing collection. And I guess we should really interject that Jenna Bush just wore an Oscar de la Renta. Yes. Right. yes. And do you have any inside scoop and with regard to that? I mean, right. share with us, because Actually, you guys do. We had did, right. uh, done a column about Oscar in the current issue. We have a new it. It was column that's excellent. Ask the Expert, and we're kind of getting inside tips from designers or from whoever the expert, whether it's a caterer or a cake baker. Um, and so he, he's currently featured in the current issue. Um, we also, we also just did a blog posting, um, Darcy and I and the whole department are um, very close with Layla Rose, who designed um, Jenna Bush's, they weren't bridesmaids gowns, but they were... Right. Um, they were house party. House party, sorry, the traditional right. Texas um, house party. And we had her come to the office, right. who was always lovely, and we were talking with her, and we got a little tip on kind of what inspired her with the house party gowns, and sort of that they were inspired right. by a lot of color from the property and the flowers, and, um, and we did a little blog posting on it. Well, essentially, yeah. Jenna Bush also had many, many gowns to choose from. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like Absolutely. a bride right. has mm-hmm. many gowns to choose from, right? For the most part, you're only right. choosing one, some choose two. Why Oscar de la Renta? Whether you're the president's daughter or you're not the president's daughter, I think part of a bride likes to go with maybe a name that they might know or that they might feel, um, you know, Oscar's a designer who's been designing for presidential <laughs> um, you know families years. for years and at the same time he is current and modern and I think young women today have that feeling about everything about their wedding which is they want quality and they want a brand that they can rely on that's timeless but at the same time they want something that's new and feels fresh mm-hmm. well talking about I, mean, I know you right had a Vera Wang gown Right, Darcy? Your own gown when you got married. And I have to say, I think consistently, I love her collection. I love her introductions. I love her presentation. One of my favorite parts was really there was a lot of emphasis on the back. We spoke with Vera backstage, and I know our listeners love to hear from the designers firsthand. So let's go to our clip with Vera Wang. Vera, that collection was stunning. It was sophisticated and modern and beautiful. Thank you. Said all the right words. Fabulous. Thank you. I'm glad I picked the right adjectives. You did. So tell our listeners, brides that that desire to be in one of your gowns, tell her who the Vera Wang bride is. I think the Vera Wang bride is um, a woman that's very, very confident in herself. And I think that she also is a fashion bride. She's not looking um, just for a dress. She's looking for fashion. And that's something I like to think um, we provide every single season. I mean, it depends on what we're focused on. This year was on the back and the volume and the drama. And very much what happened in the, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s in Hollywood, that the star system at the big studios created all these incredible stars who wore all these incredible clothes. And that's what we were trying to hearken back to, but in a new way, with our own twist. Oh, it was fresh. Not only twist, you twisted those fabrics <laughs> and then some. Listen, I'm a fashion lover, and, yes. I'm a, and I'm a fan of what you do. Thank you. You're welcome. But I will tell you, 
what I loved is, you, you know, there was no question that there was emphasis on the back of the gown. And it is so important. We've been in the wedding business for a long time. Right, and it that. is a very important... I don't think women realize. I think Tell them how important it is. percent of the time you're viewed from the back. The processional, the recessional, um, the ceremony during the ceremony at first dance. I mean, and then on and on and on. So I think it's this was our way of sort of, you know, making entrance, of course, but also making incredible exit. Well, you made an entrance, and I'm going to tell you, you did it in the front and the back with yes. bows like no one I've ever seen. Thank and not, you. no, but talk about those bows because you had grand bows and you had baby bows. Exactly, we mix them up sometimes in one. And you also had asymmetric bows. Yes. Talk about right. all of those bows. The baby bows were meant to be sort of like a corset and that it just, you know, it sort of just went down the spinal column or down the side of the body um, like Joan Crawford would have worn. And then we had the big, big draping and the incredible couture construction which gave the grandeur and the sweep and I think the romance of the collection. Well, just one last question with the overall look that a bride should put together because I noticed your fabulous W necklace that was a showstopper Thank you. and your fabulous shoes and even one of the models had gloves on talk yes. a little bit how you think a bride should accessorize the total look well I think less is always more I think if you're focused on the bouquet then keep everything to a minimum if you're focused on your jewels if you have jewels to focus on, keep it about that. You know what I mean? I think to focus on all of it all at once is the biggest mistake. Pick and choose where you want to go with your look. Another trend that I noticed, which is very 1950s influence, was the bateau neckline. Mm -hmm. Okay? And talk a little bit about that, because I, I, I liked it. Right. Mm -hmm. well, well, I don't know. I feel it, um, and Shane, I don't know what you think, but I think that designers are really grasping for the alternative to strapless because for the last decade, it's like strapless, strapless, and the reality is that's what the bride wants, but I think the designers are so, even though it's a new bride, it's the same designer, so they're so trying to search for what's that alternative that still shows skin and is a little bit, you know, sexy, but isn't a strapless dress. Uh, and also, I think that the um, the 1950s as an inspiration source is just totally bottomless. You know, I think that the designers are always hearkening back to whether it's the the bateau or the bubble or the short. Um, that is just constantly reappearing in different forms, and the bateau neckline um, is one of those 1950s kinds of elements that's made modern. You know, it doesn't look retro. Um, it doesn't look vintage. It looks you know, very new and fresh. And one of the things you were saying earlier about our magazine, about the ideas are timeless and that you could pick up an issue 10 years ago, you know, the ideas still apply. But I really think with bridal fashion that that's a tip that we give to brides and something a bride should really think about when they're trying on their dress is that I think one of the reasons that people tend to gravitate towards classic styles and styles that have kind of, you know, stayed throughout fashion history is that you don't want to be picking a, a style that is so trendy that it feels super dated and some of those 50s styles you know they feel have classic they in have their longevity. Own way. but and then there are some others i mean it's always it's about the neckline and the hemline i mean for the mm -hmm. most part okay and, then and the waist and, and the waist oh, in between oh, oh, oh. And then, well, you know what? oh well let's okay well let's go right to the waist because right. what i thought was very interesting this market based on details right. was there were a lot of beaded belts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. thought that they and they were very pretty because yeah, right. they definitely accented the right. waist 
Right, well, I think that Monique obviously really kind of set that trend on fire a couple of years ago. And for a while, as we were, you know, shooting weddings, we would keep on, so many brides were like, oh, they're wearing the dress with the sash. That I think that now that, that has inspired a lot of different kind of alternatives to playing with that sash. And also, you know, um, bridal fashion always mimics what's happening in uh, ready-to-wear fashion. And if there's a lot of something on the ready-to-wear fashion runways, it always kind of makes its way into bridal fashion. And belts uh, was were definitely really popular. Um, skinny belts, skinny belts yeah. you know, thick belts, um, you know, sashes, beads, all that kind of stuff. So we definitely saw that in, in and, the And also market. just the attention to the waist, you know, whether it's the side corsages or something that's going to make, you know, kind of give um, the bride that kind of more shapely figure attention to the waist, I think, has been whether it's, you know, with a belt or some other kind of accessory. Well, one of my favorites, which definitely translates from ready to wear and, and red carpet glam to the white carpet glam, is definitely Badgley Mishka. And we also had a chance to meet with them backstage and let's go to our clip with Badgley Mishka. Well, a bride is going to shine wearing a Badgley Mishka gown, there is no question. And there was so much sparkle, right? Tell us a little bit about the collection we just saw because our brides are going to be so excited to see this in the stores. We were inspired by um, torch singers from the 40s and the 50s. So the collection has sort of a vintage nightclub kind of feeling to it. So it has a sort of sparkle. That's why almost every dress had significant sparkle on it. So you really will shine at night. We're all about embellishment, you know, and it's uh, we spend a lot of time picking out just the right beads and the right embroidery patterns and it's something that our customer really comes to us for and so we've really spent you know an extra amount of attention on that detail. Well it's also where you're putting the sparkle and I noticed very specific there was one gown that I loved loved with the rhinestone belts and straps I loved the rhinestone neckline and sleeves the rhinestone art deco banding on three of the styles but then one of my favorite ones was the one with the movement with the moonstone necklace, and that was just fabulous. Tell us a little bit about that gown. We love that dress with the moonstone with the moonstone necklace. It was sort of just started with the necklace. It was inspired by an old piece of vintage jewelry, of course, and just sort of we designed the necklace beading piece first, and the dress just kind of flowed from there. Fabulous. Well, we, I have to tell you, the last number was smashing. It was a showstopper. It was for a bride. I, I get, you tell us who the bride, because I think that any bride could be in that gown. I mean, because she's self-confident for sure, and she wants to be the center of attention. Absolutely. But she was sparkle. It was total sparkle. Talk a little bit about that gown. You know, it's a really simple gown. It's a very simple, beautiful monastic shape, but all you know, covered in those beautiful cup sequins. Just the entire dress just glistens. It'd be so divine for an evening wedding. Uh, it's a very easy dress to wear. There's a beautiful corset inside that gives a woman a body, and um, it's actually remarkably light too. It's just as, you know, the sequins are as light as a feather. Well, I think that's a good thing because I think the brides, once they get it on, they want you want them to wear the gown and the gown not to wear them. Absolutely, they want to be able to dance too. So, right, and be comfortable yeah. all night long, right? Sure, and have a great time and feel great in their Badgley Mishka gown. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank, thank you. you. Nice seeing you. Another trend that I saw across the board in many of the collections was one-shoulder styles. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Again, yeah. looking for an alternative to strap. <laughs> yeah, I think you're on the money there. I think you're absolutely right. It's also Adam very shows. glamorous and, um, you know, kind of uh, is an ode to, like, red carpet 
dressing and goddess dressing, which is uh, really popular in, in ready-to-wear fashion um, and is one of those things that really translates well to, to bridal and as an alternative to, um, you know, that, that hard line that often appears in a regular strapless dress is a nice way to, like, frame the face and it's a nice, um, it's a nice portrait. And that, you know, and as Shana was saying, that um, straight strapless is not always the most flattering on different body types. And that's why I think less so in this season, but starting, you know, a couple seasons ago, you were starting to see more of that sweetheart neckline. Our modified sweetheart is not, I will say, my favorite. Not mine either. Um, But I think that, you know, again, it's that kind of designers looking for a different alternative to the strapless and Shana styled a beautiful um, created and styled a beautiful um, story in our summer issue which is all about Grecian inspired dresses well there was one that I loved and I actually read the blog post that you had in the bride's guide but I Mm -hmm. also had it in my own notes from covering market was the Ravini Oh, the Ravini right. gown, right? Right, with the sleeves. Um, with the sleeves. Right. Mm-hmm. There was something very beautiful about that. Tell everyone. Yeah, that also was very like Grecian goddessy and um, really like delicate take on on sleeves. And um, really? you know, a lot of a lot of brides, you know, want to wear sleeves or need to due to religious reasons. And this was a really nice rendition of sleeves on a dress because they were so delicate and they were so sheer. And not everybody has great arms mm-hmm. okay so well, if your it, arms are ever going to be good it's the day well, of it's, your wedding you better believe that you better if they don't look good that day forget you better, it but it's all somebody, downhill genetically there. genetically right. some people yeah. don't have you know but on the same note what I loved about that gown with Ravini was it was very destination wedding and mm-hmm. I think we should talk about that right. because I think that you know someone wants something easy to pack someone wants something that's flowy right. and I thought like Ramona Kavesha had this beautiful I liked it this point d'esprit gown mm-hmm. that I thought was so fresh looking and I mean that's like you know, a comeback right. kind of fabric, mm-hmm. right? Right. But I, I do, before I even go further with regards to Destination Weddings, I do want to go to our clip with Rita Venaris of Ravini. Tell us who the Ravini bride is, who you designed for, Rita. I designed for the um, sophisticated bride of today's world. Um, she is a career woman who has a sense of style of her own and knows exactly what she's looking for. Well, you know what I loved? I love that you had looks that were simple, like Orchid, to me was the epitome of black tie, to something not simple, like the last introduction, with layers and layers, Tulipe. Tell us a little bit about the difference of both of those gowns, because those are two totally different looks. Absolutely. Um, What we like to do is to make sure that we include every single bride, um, give her an option of what to wear. Um, We like to do clean, simple lines, but we also like to do more intricate. This season, it was all about movement. It was about layers. It was about textures. So we try to do it as simple as possible, but as complex as possible as well. Well, you had something for everybody, for sure. You know, another couple of looks that I loved... There were two specific looks, destination wedding looks, and I loved they were long and flowy and soft, and what I also loved is that you did long sleeves. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Not every bride wants to do strapless. Not every bride wants to have just a little spaghetti strap. So we thought it'd be really great to offer something to the ones that want a little bit of a sleeve. As well, a sleeve is very romantic. It's very elegant these days. It's not just about covering up. It's about a look. There's no question. What is the inspiration behind your collection? 
Um, this season it was definitely um, the movement and flowers. It was about layers and layers, complexity of flowers. It was almost like creating a perfume when we put the collection together. It was sort of like, you know, taking different elements, putting them together and making it magic. Another thing I noticed, talk a little bit about the color straw. Well, straw is a fabulous color. I think it's like it's almost like the perfect nude is what I call it. Um, and I thought it was like a great way of introducing a color without having color. Okay, well put. I also liked that there were a couple of like canary. Uh, Tony called it was a body slimmer. And we know brides are really working hard on getting themselves into shape. Talk a little bit about that because I'm sure that comes into play when you're designing a line. Oh, absolutely. Um, every bride wants to look the thinnest that day, regardless of what size is, whether she's a two or just an average woman. So what do you do to make that happen for her? Well, what we do is we look at the we look at the um, shape that we're working with and the details that we're putting on the dress, and we always make sure that we apply them in a way that they enhance all the areas that she wants enhanced and basically diminish areas that she wants diminished. You know what? There is no magic to it. It is how you feel. It's no different than wearing regular clothes. You put them on, you know exactly how they make you feel. When you're trying on wedding dresses, you know exactly what you feel like when that first second that you see yourself in the mirror. And I think it's important to like basically block everybody out look at yourself in the mirror as soon as you come out of the dressing room and see how you feel and that's what's going to determine whether that is your dress or it's not your dress so talk a little bit about destination weddings well i think that you know destination weddings became a huge trend a decade ago and um it's continued and really lasted and i think that it's really affected the whole or influenced the whole industry from the stationary market where you know the stationers are designing these pocket folds and different invitations that you know hold multiple cards for travel information um to the fashion um and i think the biggest mistake i think that brides make is when they pick a dress that isn't right for either them and their body, but also where they're getting married. And so most, a lot of these destination weddings are warm weather, they're beaches, um, and so, and they're obviously somewhere that you have to go on an airplane to get to. So picking lighter fabrics, you know, dresses that don't have big ball skirts, um, dresses that travel really well. Obviously, people carry them on airplanes. I talk to brides all the time, and they're like, I love this huge ball gown, but you know, I'm flying down to the Bahamas for my wedding, and right. that needs to either be carried with them right. or be traveled you know, Even, in a way which Right, when survive. we were shooting Susan Magrino's exactly wedding in the Bahamas, thinking. and her dress, um, which she had gotten at Bergdorf's, was, um, and it was Evelina Schmicki, and it was a kind of very silk charmeuse, sexy, perfect you know for the Bahamas and then it was a little bit wrinkled and there I you know the people she had you know asked the um, person in housekeeping if they could help just prepare the dress and they were like like I think you know the concierge was like no no no, we're not touching it (laughs) and um, I think that you you know you obviously want to come with your emergency kit of you know, pin and needle and thread and white chalk to hide a mark and all of that. But at the end of the day, you don't want to get a dress that's so high maintenance if you're traveling. Yeah, I think most of the brides that I've spoken to with regards to destination weddings, they don't care. They don't care if they get the sand on at the bottom. They're going to be barefoot. Right. And, you know, it's part of the whole feeling of having is. a destination wedding. Yes, it's a little more relaxed. Right. Mm-hmm. That bride 
I think is even a little more relaxed. There's also a huge oh. movement with carrying, a, you know, having two dresses, don't you think? I've right. heard a lot of brides, not only, you know, in non-destination weddings, wanting right. a more traditional gown for their um, ceremony and then transcend into something a little bit more fun and flirty for the evening. But I think a lot of designers are addressing destination weddings that way, too. If you had a gown, um, you know, a longer gown or something along that lines for your ceremony, possibly removing part of the gown or, you know, a removable detachment part or switching into something a little bit lighter and, and easier to move in throughout the evening, especially yeah. in really warm climates. Yeah, fun to dance right. in. Mm-hmm. Because bright dresses have always been designed so that the bus, the train can be bustled, but they've never until recently been designed that they can actually be transformed into a different looking dress. You know, to really, it was more how do you get that extra fabric out of the way so you can dance as opposed to how do you go from having a, ceremony, a more conservative ceremony dress to a more modern, kind of fun, flirty party dress. And as Anthony said, sometimes they're actually getting a whole second dress. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's as simple as we talked about before, and I thought Judd Waddell had done a nice one, the detachable skirts and sleeves and... (laughs) And, and Layla Rose has, um, you know, designed a collection that involves a lot of linen, which is really interesting because even though it doesn't, um, you know, travel all that way, it needs a lot of maintenance once you get there. It is, um, you know, great for when you are on the beach. It's really, really lightweight. Um, and also, you know, cottons are, you know, you're seeing um, cotton and shirting and linen in wedding dresses that you never saw before. It was always about taffeta and silk. And um, so now there's that variation in material that lends itself well to Talking about fabric, I think one of the most beautiful collections that I saw and very, uh, very different is Angel Sanchez's line. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he, he incorporated, he had a lot of different things. I mean, there was that crumb catcher bodice, right. which, what are your thoughts on that for, for brides listening to us today? I mean, I love any um, new mean, and ruffles. interesting detail. It's like a ruffle kind right. of accent, yeah. right? And it's like, so you feminine. know, one of those things that, um, you know, really softens the neckline. And so, um, you know, when thinking about like having portraits done and, you know, even, you know, as, as you're wearing it, it frames the face really nicely. And um, also it, you know, can of- often help make your, you know, your jewelry look, you know, even more striking. And also it can sometimes take away from the need for jewelry when your dress is that involved and that, you know, sculptural and that uh, detailed, you know? And I think a lot of designers are, um, that's where they're making their interesting point in their kind of manipulation of the fabric as opposed to just adding on lots of sequins and beads and embellishments in that way. They're just taking, um, as in, or one of you said, I can't remember talking about the Lila Rose's um, fabrics. They're taking an interesting fabric. They're, you know, ruching it, pleating it. Layers. Ruffling, and there's layers and layers. cascades of ruffles. Um, and then there were a lot of floral details. And also, I, I a lot of them, big bows. I loved all right. the big bows. Mm-hmm. They were smashing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, the Vera Wang amethyst dress, that mm. bright which actually I happened to walk by her store this morning and she has it in white in her window. Um, But it's very dramatic and it's still sexy in the mermaid silhouette and the more form-fitting, you know, kind of cut of it. But that big bow kind of makes a statement and is very romantic. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of bows. Yeah. Um, I, I love whatever bows. fashion, and um, I especially love the oversized sculptural architectural bow um, that I think we saw in um, Oscar de la Renta and also Amsal. 
um, did a great version of that. She did. Yeah, yeah. and she, she did, did other. I mean, she the did. scale of her, some of her details, the oversized kind of corsage flower at the neckline. Love. You know, she still is dressing. You know, kind of designing for the simple, modern, classic bride, but at the same time, the touches of that very, the scale, playing with the scale of the very oversized corsage makes it a little bit different. There were three shows in particular I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them, it was very interesting, the Claire Pettibone presentation, because it was all about, she was actually, you know how many um, wedding designers, wedding gown designers, or brides will have elements of their gown presented to their cake designer. She actually flipped it around. She was inspired by the cake designer this go around with the layers. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Right. Uh, well, I always love uh, anything from Claire Pettibone. It's always very feminine. It's very vintage. And it, um, I guess she's always drawing on her background as a lingerie designer. So there's always that like um, kind of lacy crochet detail and, um, and, and she flowers and, and ribbons. She also ribbons. Has, yeah. And she really uh, has her own, you know, personal style, which is nice in the bridal market when you spend three days and you see 300 people. And sometimes, you know, if you lost one image and you weren't sure which showroom you saw it in, there's some dresses that could have been from many different showrooms. And as you know, when you go between, you know, these hotel rooms and you see all these dresses, um, but hers are, her style has a very distinctive kind of look to it, which is nice, especially for the bride who is, you know, trying to decide and between all these different dresses. Well, let's listen to a little bit of what Claire has to say about her line that was inspired by the wedding cake. Well, this season I was inspired by the wedding cake. And so I have a lot of spun sugar and little, I don't know, swirls of embroidery, um, little touches of delicate color, some sweet touches, and some sexy touches. Um, so they're all kind of different personalities. Each dress, I think, looks like a different style of, of cake and a different style of dress. I like that flair and, and design idea because I know very often throughout the years there are cake designers right. that are inspired by the gowns and very often look to the gown to inspire them and the bride also to use elements of the gown for the wedding cake. Right. So cake designers are going to be very excited <laughs> right. about you. your collection. Yeah. Um, what I see is a lot of pretty lace or unique fabrics. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, I am definitely always inspired by the fabrications. I love um, texture and feminine touches and details. And so you'll see that I use... Um, you know, very delicate leaves kind of fluttering off the, the edges of the fabrics or um, little silver embroidery or, you know, swirls of flowers, um, crystal beading. It's very feminine. I'm looking at this one particular look that I, I love mm -hmm. because it's, it's built in jewelry, right. you know, right. w with it within the neckline. Yeah. And I also love the sheer overlay. Tell us a little bit about right. that. Yeah, so it's got basically a necklace um, at the at the scoop neckline with um, silk ribbon ties on the shoulders and then a silk ribbon tie, you know, underneath the bust. Um, we're all skinny there, so that's a good place to highlight. <laughs> and then um, soft gatherings that uh, for the embroidered overlay. Um, very feminine, very romantic. It'll have beautiful movement for the bride as she's walking. Uh, I just think that the inspiration of the wedding cake is so, so 
phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. I had a, a really fun time designing this this season. Um, I always, you know, try to come up with some some point of reference that that gets me going and, and gives me, you know, ideas for fabrics and dresses and, and all that. It just makes the process more fun for me. So the two shows that I want to talk about, actually, Darcy, you were with your daughter at the one I'm going to talk about. It was absolutely the most interesting presentation, I think, of market. Actually, just such a totally offbeat opportunity for anyone in the world of weddings that was visiting this showroom, and hence, um, Reem Acra. Wasn't that incredible? Well, Reem always... I mean, it was incredible, but it was not unusual for Reem because I think that Reem, as a designer, always makes a statement in her dresses and in her shows. I'm going to go to the interview with her because um, she talks a little bit about what she wanted to achieve with this really time capsule for then and now. So here's Reem. Well, I have lots of imagination and I wanted to share it with the world. And you and did, and you did. Talk a little bit about your gowns and the way you, you assembled them. I, I'm known for very classical looks with a touch of embroidery and a, a very uh, modern and classical at the same time, over the top. And this collection represents my past, my future. And I wanted to show the world how you, how you imagine 20 years down the road, where are all these dresses going to be? And this is it. And it's going to be on your daughter's daughter is going to play with them in the closet and have fun with them. So this is what is going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And they're going to dress it up. And I love with the children. And I love looking at your first gown. Tell us, I mean, that must be very... Sweet 16 dress is there. So it's... It's, it's all about you. And, you're, and, 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 and sharing that too. Most of the stuff is from my closets. Uh, so it's fun. But, oh, you mean even all the, um, the sportswear and, 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 and the customs? Well, it's yes. absolutely, and a little, and it's the music is so wonderful. Oh, the music is what I listen to every day. So I wanted also to share how I got my imagination. I listen to this music all the time, and I wanted to for you to see, feel, hear everything I I, I see in my head. Oh, that's so, so great. Um, this is such a it's a, it's I feel like I'm in a museum. It's absolutely beautiful. It is, the showroom is a museum, so. So, and wedding gowns, a very, very special time in a girl's life, right? And it's imagination, it's happiness. And, and to have fun. Have fun and enjoy it, and this is how I'm telling you. It's, it's about having fun. What I loved is that, I mean, she was talking about the evolution of a wedding dress 20 years after it's walked down the aisle. So she had all these, like, living... But the models were like little girls playing with their mother's dresses because this will be an enhanced podcast with photos of many of the gowns that we're talking about today. She had even, she had her first bridal gown that she ever made there, um, which was from 1996. And what was really cool is she even had her sweet 16 dress there. Mm-hmm. And again, it wasn't really about the dress. It was about the playfulness and to just, because you really weren't necessarily looking at everything else we've been talking about right now. We weren't, you didn't notice hemlines and necklines and details and. Although she she did bring color in, Mm -hmm. which is a big trend. And even whether you were going to wear that sash or that piece of pink fabric over your dress or not, it is that inspiration to the bride of bringing color into their wedding. And she does have color dresses. Yeah. Well, talk about color. What else? What else did you see with regard to color? Because some markets, I've seen more pop of color with the blues and the pinks. I personally thought I saw some golds and silvers. Mm-hmm. What did you? What do you think? Metallic was definitely 
I, I think a bigger trend this market, I agree right? with you, than, um, than color, because we did see more color in past collections, like Remacra did a lot of lavenders and blues, um, you know, two collections ago. And then, you know, this season, I feel like people were embracing the whites and the ivories and the champagnes and then the golds and, and the silvers much more than they Right, they back ever to the have. white dress. Right, and yeah. actually not necessarily white, but the variations of white, the oyster, the... Um, you know, everyone has their own names for what the whites are, the creams, the ivories, um, but they're, you know, a variation of white as opposed to blue, pink, yellow. Although there was, Ramona had that minty green dress, and, and we talked about Vera, who had a lot of color. And then also Ramona had a nice dress, I mean, black with a new, I mean, it may have been part of her evening collection, right. which a lot of these designers are also showing. They're showing bridesmaids collections and evening collections, but she had a great one with black lace with a nude right. underlay. Well, black and white has always been a popular color, and actually Shayna styled a gorgeous Carolina Herrera dress. It was on our cover mm-hmm. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, and you still see that um, St. Pucci had, I mean, they always do a great black and white dress, and they really had a beautiful one as well. Actually, and another person that I also has infused it in her line, which we also can hear from now, is Anne Barge. Nice to see you, Anne. Thank Welcome. you. Beautiful show, as always. Thank you. You know what I noticed that I love this time? The back. And, you know, I think the back of the gown is so important. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts from your perspective. Well, I'm on the road a lot of the year, every year. But this year I particularly have had girls who are insisting on having something on the back of the dress, even if it doesn't have it already. And so I thought we really need to show it to them as it is. And even a lot of customers' rides are wanting something on the front as well. So you noticed we did some beading and embroidery detail on and then it was continued. all parts of the skirt and continued in the back for the train. And talk a little Uh, bit about the train, because, you know, not everybody wants a train, uh but you had on some... Some were more elaborate than others. Talk about the train. Well, I think a train is a traditional, obvious, important part of a wedding gown. I think you should have a little bit. It makes it, it makes it a wedding Absolutely. gown. Absolutely, <laughs> but depending on the size of the skirt and the fabric, it, to me, determines how long you would make it. So, like something with that little bubble hem and satin chiffon, I would do a shorter train. With Something with a big satin ball gown can handle something much larger. But, you know, brides are going to ask for what length train they want and I think it's important to be able to give it to them. And then you did some beautiful on one of your hemlines, that bustled um, look. Talk uh-huh. about that. The bustled, uh, the the ball gown, the finale dress, that was a twisted uh, ruching. It was really an incredibly well-constructed dress and I thought it, it ruching we've seen and seen and seen but we haven't seen it done like that and so I think for the girl who really there is still a girl who wants a big ball gown because she can't ever wear that look again except on her wedding day and I think that was a good piece to be the finale piece. Another hemline that I thought I mean excuse me neckline that I loved is the split bateau and I saw a couple of split Mm -hmm. versions talk a little bit about that. It's always been one of my favorites since I was a child growing up in the 50s and 60s and the, the influence of Jack Colin Kennedy and Audrey Hepburn, they always wore those either bateau or split bateau. And so I always, I've always had it on our collection for a number of years now, but bring it back in different ways many seasons. Oh, it was incredibly fresh. And you know, the other thing that I saw that you continued to, at least there was one look on the runway with the black sash. Mm-hmm. 
right? Talk about that. Well, black is my favorite color, so I can't help myself. You know, I just... And the brides will really, want that? Do, have a they, lot of brides, you know, you see people having black bridesmaids. What could be more elegant? So to add a little touch of black to the wedding gown, I think it's just totally elegant. How do you go from one collection to the next? Because you're showing every six months some new things. How do you come up with that next new design? We, we get a lot of influence and suggestion from being on the road, working with real brides, and we all come back and talk about it every weekend. And so by the time the next season gets ready to get put together, it's not just inspiration from movies or museums or different things we've all been exposed to, whether it's you know travel or whatever, but we are really thinking about what customers are asking for, and we try to translate kind of a new twist to what they're asking for that maybe is not out in the marketplace now. Well, it's really um, such a statement, those two colors together, and it's like, you know, that, that, the black and white. that high right. contrast, um, you know, is really um, just so, um, so eye-popping. When this you, is when you something really timeless. As Darcy mentioned in the beginning of the interview, of, you know, the whole theme I see in the magazine and in the industry is timelessness. We were mentioning with Ream and sort of addressing time, but there's something so classic. You know, we've done recently done a Return to Glamour story, which was a lot of black and white pairing, and I think there's something that's, you know, like I said, timeless and elegant, and that, that seems to be a big movement people are really addressing well, well it actually components. can go any way black and white i mean it can be very classic and it can also be very modern and poppy and it can be right. you know it it has a way of being able to as opposed to you know maybe soft pastel colors which are going to always feel a little more romantic um black and white can really be adapted you know, and interpreted in so many different ways and i also think it could look quite dapper with the groom too Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when- it's a palette that you'll agree on. Right. right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, think. I mean, everyone talks about like picking the china, you know, when you go to register and picking the china and what china is he going to like that she likes. But it kind of, you know, works that way with picking your wedding colors too. You don't want to have a styled wedding that feels so overly feminine that, you know, it might not appeal to your groom. We ended market after seeing, like Darcy said, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of gowns, the Kirstie Kelly line. And we actually, I, let's, you know, I want to hear a little bit from Kirstie Kelly. Let's go to the clip with her. We wanted to bring something really new to the environment, so we decided to do vignettes. So I wanted to make sure that the gowns were really showcased in very special environments. As you can see, most of the gowns have beading. Um, most of them are out of satins. The collection inspiration specific was really geared towards the winter and the frost and the cold and sort of those icy elements. So you'll see a lot of crystal work in most of the gowns. Um, and the vignettes that the models are standing in are all designed around the juxtaposition of the beauty and the evil within each story. So within each story you see these beautiful gowns and beautiful princesses and then you see the, the element that really challenged them as a specific princess in the film. Well, tell us a little bit about the overall look, like from head to toe, how you envision the gown being the whole ensemble. Uh, well, I really wanted to make sure that there was a lot of drama with the hair. So we have fabulous, fabulous hair. The gowns within each story, within each princess, you know, really stay true to who the princess is. So if it's Cinderella, the gowns are very big. They're ball gowns with lots of crystal work, lots of beading. 
Um, actually, in one of the gowns, if you look closely, you can see the embroidery of a coach that carries through through the pattern, which is very special. You have to look very close to see it, but you can see it. Um, with Sleeping Beauty, again, the gowns are very big, uh, ball gowns with lots of crystal work, but more webbing, sort of, I don't want to say gothic, but, but a much more sort of edgy type beading. So the bride has changed a little bit. She has changed a little bit. She's looking for more from us. She wants more beading. She wants, you know, more full skirts. Um, you know, Ariel, while she's still sexy and sultry, her fabrics are more satins than they were before. Before we would do very, very slinky dresses. And now Ariel's dresses are actually more structured. But they still very much have the feel of Ariel. So... What would be your expert advice for all brides out there shopping for the wedding gown of their dreams? Oh, always stay true to who you are. Pick the gown that you want, not the gown that all your friends want you to have. That's great advice. Thank you, Kirsty, so much. Um, thank you. Have a great evening. And what are your thoughts on the Kirsty Kelly line? I mean, I personally think that they've like hit on a like totally perfect and obvious point and they've picked a great designer to do it which is at the end of the day that you know there is something fantasy and every bride in their own way wants to look like a princess and for some people that princess is you know and obviously I have a two and a half and four year old four and a half year old daughter so I um, am very in touch with Jasmine versus Ariel versus <laughs> Snow White and Snow White and, But really, the princesses represent different style princess that to you know that for fashion that you would be aspired to. Whether it's a ball gown or jasmine, which might be something a little more eclectic and um, bohemian, and um, that I think that she's kind of brought her expertise in the in designing bridal dresses and kind of combine that with what Disney has created for years. Um, and I think that they've done a brilliant job at it. With so many choices, what do brides really need to know when searching for the gown of her dreams? I think that brides just need to be true to, to themselves and um, think about what, what, what they love, what looks good on them, and um, you know, really be open-minded to the possibilities that are out there. Um, a lot of brides, I think, go, you know, they go shopping, um, they go to the bridal salon and they, you know, have an idea of what they want, but um, often end up leaving with something completely different. So I think it's really a probably good idea. Probably most brides, probably if you ask, you know, a retailer, Mark Ingram or Clima, they would tell you that most people go out with something different than they come that's, in I, That's for. what I've heard consistently. Mm -hmm. You right. know, you come in with all these clips, all the, everyone's tore out your whole magazine, right. and they come in with all these pictures, and, and I, this is what I want to look right, like. Right, right. Mm -hmm. We have an art director um, who just got married, Jamie, and she, I think of as a relatively conservative, very soft-spoken, lovely, lovely. She's a very special woman, and she went dress shopping, and she said she got a Jenny Packham. And I was, like, so surprised huh. because I adore Jenny Packham. She's like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite designers. But I tend to think of her dresses as a little more sexy and a little more fashion-y. And I would have never, never picked that for her. But I think that that's, um, I think that that's what it is. It's like you've just put the dress on. And I would say the other advice I have to brides, and I mentioned this before, is but, you know, Think about what's right for you in terms of your body type, but also for your occasion. And a big heavy satin ball gown out on the beach 
in Puerto Rico, which, by the way, we've done, <laughs> is not necessarily, you it, know, it's a dump. So there's the some right things that I should avoid. Yeah. And also, the other ma- main thing that I'd say is be realistic about your budget and figure out in the beginning kind of how much you around. And I know it's hard to know because you don't know how much the dresses cost. So how do you pick a number? But pick a range and be honest with the dress shop before you even start looking um, and consider a cushion because your fashion is not just the cost of the dress but it's the alterations, it's the shoes, it's the undergarments, it's the dry cleaning afterwards. Um, But be honest about it because it'll make you happier with what you choose and it'll also make your search easier if you're looking at things that are in your ballpark. That's excellent advice. Do, do you have suggestions on accessorizing the total look? You know, here we've mostly we've geared in on the wedding dress, which right. is the favorite shopping excursion right. for any woman. But what are, what are your suggestions with accessorizing from shoes? Because right. all women, we know we love shoes. Right. <laughs> well, um, you know, for shoes, comfortability obviously is, is key because, um, you know, the wedding is several hours and you're on your feet most of the time. So, um, so that's, that's a big component. Um, but also, not so you know, easy people, though. Not so easy to achieve that. Well, no. I think easier to achieve <laughs> if you're willing to maybe forego like I, maximum I comfort right. for you know average comfort. Yes, yes. Just some some sacrifices have to be made. I think I actually have a really good friend fashion, right now who's getting married in a few weeks um, at her sister's ranch, and after doing a site visit, there was a huge. She kind of looked at me and said, "Do you realize how kind of soft and wet the grass is where I'm going to be getting married, where we're going to be walking to the cocktail hour, and where 90 percent of the reception will be?" And I was like, "I know." She's mm-hmm. like, "So she ended up finding some beautiful wedges um, mm-hmm. that were totally appropriate for her." should be able to walk easily and no matter what condition the grass is. I think they should pay attention to this. It's just that I don't know, you know, some brides really want the look more than they want the comfort. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think also it depends what your dress looks like because now with all these shorter hemlines, there is a little more attention to the shoe. But when the dresses are, you know, to the ground and have these big trains that, you know, I think the anxiety over it also thinking about not just the comfort but you know what height makes sense for you that's realistic for you to walk in that you're going to feel comfortable but also how tall your fiance is and you know that's why i think some of these ballerina flats have also become popular a lot of the women who are taller than the groom don't want to be you know towering over that's an excellent point to keep in Mm -hmm. mind and i don't know if many brides have even thought about that so right. that is a good that's very good I think it's just it's just funny because you know we also have so many uh, movies that are out today that are all about weddings I mean it's mind-boggling right. I mean, and I think that you know the movies definitely are inspiring brides today right well the mm-hmm. red carpet in general definitely and the awards and all the Celebrity. celebrities mm-hmm. um, and I would say the only thing that I would kind of warn against is that you know Yes, you want to be a celebrity on your wedding day, and every bride is, but sometimes some of those styles tend to be a little more trendy, mm-hmm. and 
that and might not be right for you even if everyone on the red carpet is wearing a mermaid if you're not if you're don't have the body for a mermaid then it's not chic and stylish if it's not if you don't feel comfortable in it and it isn't the right dress for you that's right you should be wearing the dress the dress shouldn't be wearing you well, right. you're gonna have these and images hopefully for the rest of your life too you know you would love to look back at, at your, photo your, and your video. photos in 30 or 40 years and you know it should be a reflection a of you reflection right. of you and something you can sort of explain and share with right. others Absolutely. yeah right. at, at the same time I think you can you know take inspiration from the red Elements. carpet and you know you can see someone wearing like a fantastic pair of pink shoes and you know wear those pink shoes you know with your wedding dress or let's say you know you saw Gwyneth Paltrow and she was wearing a fantastic emerald necklace let's say as opposed to you know the traditional pearl or diamond necklace I feel like you know you can pull certain things um, as inspiration from the red carpet and try to incorporate that into great. your total look. That's great. So what else is happening at Martha Stewart Weddings? Because, you know, so much work. I mean, this is, this is only one part. I mean, bridal fashion and style is only one part of what you do. Give us a little behind the scenes of what goes on here because you work diligently and hard to get it all out. And to, I mean, you're scouring the market but every well, single day. We do a combination of market work and also really development in-house of coming up with ideas. We don't just report on what's out there, but we kind of develop a lot of our own ideas. And um, we are always trying to strike a balance between creating content that's really applicable to brides and that they're gonna love, but also moving it forward to be a little inspirational. And you know, one example is color palette. We have a color palette story in the front of the book, and it, we're always trying to pick slightly unusual combinations <laughs> that aren't your typical, you know, blue and white. So um, give us a couple of new cameo in black is in the current which, issue. What is it? Cameo, uh, which is kind of like a pale, pale pink, like a cameo. Uh, um, Beautiful. Yeah. So pale pink and black. Right, um, as a as a kind of alternative to black and white, and then we show you everything from centerpiece ideas to even like there's a favor that is a small box with that. Um, did you work on cameo black? I or did. Marissa, Marissa worked on it. Marissa, that yeah. Marissa, the stylist, found these great little kind of pink plastic cameos that aren't expensive and that you can kind of glue onto the top of a little favor box, and they make it feel like very vintage and part of your family and um, European and yeah you can also see those Darcy and I worked on a segment Darcy did a great segment with Martha on the Martha show and if you go to MarthaStewart.com uh, we'll have a link we're going to have a link to everything the to cameo Martha story Stewart. and the tape you did is on there so it's right. fun to see and a lot of the sources are listed as well yeah so we're always trying to again find the best candy in that color palette show you the best invitations in that color palette um, you know kind of broaden the horizons and trying to inspire brides to and kind of, help right i mean help them i mean ultimately that's what they're looking for right yeah and we give them you know sources in order to achieve this look for their wedding so they can go to the back of the and book they can and mix they can and go match. online they and they can, can do what right. they want yeah right and some of it can be as i said before you could take it to your vendor whether it's your florist your party planner and do or some of them you can do yourself and um Katie Hatch has a great story in this new summer issue, summer 2008, and it's all clip art um, projects. And you can, with just basically your computer pr printer and your computer and some paper, you can print everything from centerpieces to favors to, um, I mean, there's a ton of ideas, tags. So you can either just get inspired by it or we actually give you the actual artwork and those, so you can make it yourself. And those things Menu cards. really make your wedding your own. And that, that's what's, because those are things when you say, okay, I like this, 
Right. Let me do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think for brides who don't even think of themselves like, oh, I'm not a crafty person, you know, some of these things are so easy, and I think that there you get a great deal of satisfaction if you've actually had a hand in actually making something. And, again, for some brides, it might not be making 300 favors. Maybe it's something as simple as you know, making something for your bridesmaids, for your six bridesmaids or your two bridesmaids. But I think, or kind of gathering the materials and having all your bridesmaids together come and sit and make them together. But That's I a think great idea. That, you know, if you've had a, you know, another thing that we're big on at Martha Stewart Weddings is rubber stamps. Yeah. Which are Anything such can be made into a rubber stamp. Yes. <laughs> way, an easy way to personalize a <coughs> cocktail napkin or a invitation or you know, anything, and it's such a, you know, when you're spending so much money, it's such an easy way to kind of save mm-hmm. and still personalize a lot and, of And details. speaking of cocktail napkins, you know, one, one of my favorite things is every issue now features a signature cocktail, which um, it's really fun, I think, to have a cocktail that you and your um, fiancé or our, our new spouse have put together that's really personalized to you that your guests can share, but it's also a really good idea, I think, for the groom and the groomsmen, a nice activity for them to do either their bachelor party or pre-wedding is to maybe sit down with a mixologist, which is such the rage, um, and, and come up with something that you like and your, your your family and your wedding party and your bride-to-be will like. And it can and also a be gift. a, it's a great idea, and it's also a sometimes a cost-cutting kind of tip because instead of having a full bar you can do wine and you know sparkling water and champagne or whatever and then one specialty drink and the specialty drink actually makes it seem more special it doesn't make it seem like you've skimped and people remember it right Mm -hmm. and your guests will appreciate it and they'll have Mm -hmm. a better time you give them a couple of drinks we gotta go we gotta go have (laughs) our signature uh, Martha Stewart Weddings cocktail we should have given you a cocktail before we began it's okay we'll have to do that another time Um, any last insider tips or advice that you want to share with everybody I don't know I would just say that you know the magazine and MarthaStewart.com are here to kind of provide you with all the etiquette and all the inspiration. But at the end of the day, the thing that when you're making all your decisions, you should always ask yourself is what feels right for us. And if you answer that, then your wedding will be special. And I think that the biggest compliment, and I say this all the time, that people can give you when they leave your wedding is that your wedding felt like you and not that it was so over the top or so this or that but that it really felt like you as a couple because at the end of the day, you know, we obsess over the rubber stance and the favors and the centerpieces and all that, but at the end of the day, really, it's about kind of getting married, finding the person who you're going to spend your life with, so not losing track of that. Well, thank you, Anthony and Shana and Dorsey for all being with us today. It was a really a treat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you'll come back soon. Yeah. We'll make the cocktail for you. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much again to Darcy, Shana, and Anthony for being a part of that. And, of course, to my lovely wife, Holly. That was uh, that was really terrific. Uh, I was there on location uh, running the show in the background. Um, and I always enjoy being able to sit back and listen to it when it's all together. So thank you for, for being a part of that. If anyone has any suggestions, questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is feedback at the WPN.com. That's feedback at T-H-E-W-P-N.com. Or you can always call our listener hotline, which is 800-882-1259. Again, I wanted to remind everyone that this special episode of Meet the Masters has been brought to you 
by the Association of Wedding Gown Specialists. Very special care for your very special gown. Don't trust your gown to just any dry cleaner. The Wedding Gown Specialists clean and preserve your gown the right way. If you need services before the wedding day, the members offer cleaning, pressing, and alterations. And some even offer free pickup and delivery on your wedding day. Are you having a destination wedding? The wedding gown specialists will press and protect your gown so that it travels safely. They're recommended by the Association of Bridal Consultants and more than 70 wedding gown designers. Their written international guarantee is honored by all of their members, represented in more than 500 cities around the world. So whether your gown is new or old, design or vintage, call 800-501-5005. That's 800 800- for a free consultation or visit their website weddinggownspecialist.com to find a specialist near you please come to weddingpodcastnetwork.com and check out the marketplace page so you can listen to an infocast all about the association of wedding gown specialists thank you again to everyone for tuning in to this special edition meet the masters with the editorial team at martha stewart weddings My name is Robert Allen. You've been listening to Meet the Masters, only available on Wedding Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.